0: Praise God. We're going to look to the word of the Lord tonight, and I want to talk to you about a subject that, uh, that is, should be on our heart at all times. And uh, it's, it's when I say God's worthy to be praised, uh, this topic is one of the great reasons why that is. Uh, and so we're going to be talking about the subject of salvation. Salvation. How many are thankful for the salvation of the Lord? Amen. Now, his name is Jesus, and the Bible tells us that his name is Jesus for this reason. He shall save his people from their sins. That name, Jesus, means that, that he is our salvation. And so we want to talk about that because we can talk about many, many things concerning the Lord. We can talk about his greatness on a number of different levels and in a variety of different ways. But at the end of the day, he came to save us. And I want to talk about what that salvation means, what that salvation is, uh, and how we, how we experience salvation. Uh, and there are many people who want to speak to this, but we, we can't go by what people say. We have to go by what the Word of the Lord says. So we're going to look to uh, the Word of the Lord. And I'm, I'm going to begin at what we would call the plan of salvation. We're going to look to the book of Acts, chapter 2. And uh, we're going to center in on the 38th verse. But to really understand what the 38th verse means, we, we kind of have to know what's going on uh, prior uh, to the utterance of the 38th verse. Uh, this is following the great uh, day of Pentecost experience where that the Holy Spirit was poured out upon the people of God uh, that had sought the Lord. Jesus had told his disciples to go tarry at Jerusalem until they be endued with power from on high. And that's exactly what they did. That power from, that comes from on high is the power of the Holy Ghost. And not only is it a power from on high, but it is known as the promise of the Father. So this power that is going to come upon us from on high that first fell and descended upon the people in Acts chapter 2, this is a promise. It is the promise of the Father. So the disciples go, and there were 120 souls that had gathered together. And the Bible describes that as they, when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord, they were all in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. It filled all the house where they were sitting. There appeared unto them cloven tongues, which means diverse tongues, as like as a fire. And it sat upon each of them, and they were all filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. And they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them the utterance. Now, when this happened, there were were devout Jews out of every nation under heaven. And the reason is because it was the day of Pentecost. It was was, uh, a, a day that was celebrated for many generations by all of the Jewish people. And the Jews had come from every nation of the then known world to Jerusalem for that uh, Passover, or that Pentecost celebration. I was in Jerusalem on the Feast of Pentecost in 2012. And what a celebration it was to be able to be there in Jerusalem and to see the people gather together and, and celebrate Pentecost. Now, We celebrate Pentecost because of Acts chapter 2. But the Jews celebrated Pentecost because of what happened on Mount Sinai. What happened on Mount Sinai was that the Lord gave to the prophet Moses the Ten Commandments. He gave him the law, and he inscribed upon those tablets of stone the Ten Commandments of God, and Moses received those. And when he received those commands... That took place 50 days after the Passover. That became the Feast of Pentecost. And so Pentecost was a celebration of man receiving the law of God. So when Acts chapter 2 opens up with when the day of Pentecost was fully come, that doesn't just mean that the day of Pentecost had arrived in terms of a calendar day turned. It means that when the purpose of Pentecost was fulfilled. So Moses received the law of God on tablets of stone in the book of Exodus. But in the book of Acts, the law of God was going to be placed into the heart of those who received the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. And that's what happens when the promise of the Father comes upon us. That is what happens in the process of salvation. The law of God is put into our hearts. So Acts chapter 2, the day of Pentecost was fully come. The cloven tongues like as a fire set upon each of them. They're all filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. They're speaking with other tongues as the Spirit gives the utterance. Devout Jews out of every nation under heaven observe this. They come and see what is happening and they hear everyone speaking in the language that wherein they were born. But they know these are Galileans and that these Galileans do not know this language. And so they are perplexed. And there was a group that said, what does this mean that we hear these speak in the language wherein we were born? And we know they don't know the language. And so they asked the question, what meaneth this? Peter stands up and says, this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. And he explained to them that the prophet Joel prophesied that in the last days God would pour out his spirit upon all flesh. And that what they were witnessing was God pouring out his spirit upon all flesh. And this question of what does this mean that people are speaking in tongues. Peter connected the speaking in other tongues to the outpouring of the Holy Ghost. And they are inseparable. When you receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, you will speak with other tongues. It will be an unknown tongue to you. And that may sound, if you've never experienced it, that may sound impossible. But, but you just wait and see. You'll be talking in tongues before you know it when you seek the face of God. What happens is you begin to praise him with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And then at some point you don't have any words to describe his greatness but the praise is still there. And and the praise is pouring out of you but the words are no longer coming to your mind because he's gone a level higher than what any of your words could ever describe. Your faith has arisen to the point that you have a confidence in God and a love for God and a knowledge of God that you can't even describe. And that's when you begin to speak with other tongues as his Spirit gives the utterance. And they were hearing this and said, what does this mean? Peter said, this is a fulfillment of a prophecy given by the prophet Joel that the Spirit of God would be poured out upon all flesh in the last days. And then he began to preach to them Jesus. And, and when he finished preaching, and I, I would love to take you through all of those verses, There's, there are powerful truths in those verses. But when he gets to the 36th verse, he says, Therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that this same Jesus, whom you have crucified, God hath made that same Jesus both Lord and Christ. Now, when they heard this, They were pricked in their heart. This is why we have to have conviction in our preaching. At some point, we have to preach Jesus so thoroughly, so purely, so doctrinally sound that people realize their own guilt without trying to condemn them with a finger of accusation, we want to lift Jesus up to the point that they realize that they are in a place that falls well beneath the glory of God. And they say when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart. The preaching of God's word needs to prick our heart. How many remember when the word of God has come to prick your heart? And, and hallelujah, when there's nothing more wonderful than when the preaching of God's Word will prick your heart and then you begin to desire change in the inner man because of the pricking of your heart, the conviction. And that conviction, it's the same, it's the same usage that we would use in, the, in a legal sense. If, 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 a, if a conviction is passed down, it means somebody's guilty. And that's what... Conviction means in the preaching sense and in the spiritual sense. When conviction comes, it reveals our guilt to us. And I've told people before, and maybe you've heard me say it, there's no such thing as feeling guilty. I've heard people say, I just feel so guilty. No, 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 no. Forget that. You're either guilty or you're not guilty. There's no feeling guilty. You're either guilty or you're not guilty. And the devil would love to make you feel guilty all day long. If you are guilty, repent. And if you are not guilty, rejoice. No need to wallow around in the despair of feeling like you are guilty when you can be free in Christ Jesus. They heard this. They were pricked in their heart. And here's the vital Statement: The Bible says in verse 37 that they said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? Now, what's getting ready to happen is the first time this question has ever been responded to after the death, burial and resurrection of Jesus Christ. This is this is important. And one of the most important words in Acts 238 is the first word, then. Because he didn't do it before then. He waited until their heart was ready. And when their heart was ready, then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost for the promise is unto you. And to your children and to all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call, and with many other words did he testify and exhort them, saying, Save yourselves from this untoward generation. We will call this the plan of salvation because this is always the answer to the question, What shall we do? What they were asking was, You've just proven to us That we are guilty. You have just shown us through an exegesis of the Old Testament. Through an expository uh, articulation of the Psalms and the prophets. You have just helped us to understand that the Psalms and the prophets foretold the death, the burial, and the resurrection of the Messiah. And it is lining up perfectly to what just happened to Jesus, who we crucified. And and they realize they've got blood on their hands. And they ask, what shall we do? I don't know if it's possible to truly encapsulate the desperation found in that question. That was almost a rhetorical question. I don't even know if they were really believing there was an answer. It was more of a, what what in the world are we going to do now? Because Messiah came and we killed him. This is the long-awaited Messiah. Isaiah spoke of this Messiah. Malachi and Micah and David and Moses and Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. This is the long-awaited Messiah. And he came and they killed him. And now they know it. And they don't know what to do. And Peter stands up And says to them, here's what you do. My goodness, isn't God good? Isn't God good? What do you do when there's nothing you can do? I'm about to tell you what to do when there's nothing you can do. What do you do when there's no hope? I'm about to tell you what to do when there's no hope. And here's a little secret. Mm, I feel the Holy Ghost. There's always hope. This side, this side of the trumpet, there's always hope. And this is what you do when there is no hope and when you realize your guilty status has marked you with the unbelievers and numbered you with the transgressors. Here's what you do. Repent. My goodness, I cannot overstate to you the power of repentance. The power of simply stopping what you are doing that is sinful. And turning from your wicked ways. I can't overstate the power of that. I'm telling you that that act alone neutralizes the enemy's hold on you. He has only your sinful deeds to hold against you. And when you stop that sinful act, that sinful habit, and you turn from that sin and you walk in the direction of the Lord, that is repentance. And now you've heard me say this before, but it's important. We've got to remind ourselves of this. You've got to understand how precious this salvation is and how powerful this salvation is and how important this salvation is. We don't believe in something called easy believism. We don't believe in people just confessing some kind of a, of a belief but no action that follows. That's, that's not scriptural. That's not scriptural at all. No, true salvation involves repentance. And so when you come to God, you've got to come to God and you've got to lay down that sin before Him and say, God, I give this all to you. And you may say, well, Brother Urshan, I've tried that. Well, we, we try it again and again and again and again. Don't ever stop. Don't ever stop. Don't ever let the devil tell you to stop trying, to stop believing, to stop turning your back on sin, that there's no hope for you. There's always hope this side of the trumpet sounding. Hallelujah. If you've come down to this altar and you've given it to God and you've walked out the door and and, and only a few days later you're struggling with the same thing, listen, welcome to what it means to be in the citizenship of humanity. But God will give you victory over that fallen flesh and he'll give you victory over that temptation and you just keep giving it to him. Hallelujah. And you keep turning from your sin and you keep crucifying the flesh and you keep overcoming that old carnal man, and I want you to know you're going to get the victory. My goodness, I'd I'd just, you know, I'd just love, I'm going to give you real quick, I'd love to see a show of hands, now, before I go any further, I just want to give you a heads up, nobody raise your hands, I'd love to see a show of hands for those who have never struggled after coming to God, I'd love to see the show of hands on that one. There's none of us that can raise our hands because we all know as long as we're in this body of death, we're going to have a fight on our hands. But Paul said it's a good fight. And he said there's going to come a day when you can say, I've finished my course and I've kept the faith and I've fought the good fight of faith. Hallelujah. Repentance is key to salvation. Turning from your wicked ways. And, and then he said, to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So it's one thing to turn from your sins and stop doing it. It's another thing to have the sins removed from your record. Praise God. Oh, I'm so glad that I've been buried in the name of the Lord. I'm so glad that I've been buried in the name of the Lord. I'm so glad I put my faith in the blood of Jesus. I put my faith in the redemptive work of Calvary. I'm so glad I put my faith in the fact that he is the propitiation for my sins. I'm so glad that I believe that his blood has the power to remove the sin from my record that I didn't just believe it in my head, but I acted in obedience to his word and I went down in the waters of baptism and when I went down in the waters of baptism, they didn't pronounce his titles over me, they pronounced his name over me, hallelujah, and I came up out of that water with his name on my life and now I have a new name go down to the courthouse and you can know that that I'm registered as Joel Urshan. You can can check the county where I was born and they'll have a a certificate of my birth and and you can tell that I'm Joel Urshan. But if you want to check the new birth, you'll find in heaven there's a record. And I've been born again, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And I've got a new name on my life. And that old name, Joel Urshan, that old name has a record that has sin involved with it. And that's what the devil would love for me to be judged by. But I've got a new name on me. And that new name has no sin on it. And that's the name that's on me. That's the name I took in baptism. Glory to God. No, you didn't just get wet. No, this isn't just a doctrinal squabble. No, this isn't just some kind of semantics where we think this way and they think that way. No, his name has been applied to my life and now my life is judged by the record of his life, not mine. That's a, that, bro, that's powerful my goodness that's amazing to be able to stand before god and the lord who knows all things the lord who cannot lie the lord who has all power in heaven and earth has the power to destroy my body and soul in hell to have him say there is no sin in you And it not be because I'm such some great person, but because Jesus Christ is some great person, and his name is on my life. Hallelujah. My goodness, what a beautiful thing it is to have the record wiped clean. Hallelujah. To have a new lease on life, a new clean slate, what a beautiful thing it is. Praise God. And that's what happens when we are baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. It is for the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. It is a gift from God. It's not a wage of work. The wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. So the Holy Ghost is a gift from God. And and yes, when the Holy Ghost enters into us, Yes, you will speak in tongues. Here's why you will speak in tongues. Because your tongue controls your body. That's the book of James. And just as a bit in a horse's mouth controls the massive body that is that horse, your tongue controls your body. This is why you had better bless the Lord at all times and let his praise be continually in your mouth. Because if your mouth is filled with cursing or slander or gossip or, or some kind of vain or evil report, then your body will follow suit. But let your mouth be filled with the praises of God. Hallelujah. And you'll, and you'll, be, able to, you'll be able to live life in peace. Part of the reason you're in so much turmoil is because your mouth is out of control. Your whole, your whole mind is, is perplexed. You're always, you're always on edge and always on guard, and you've, you've lost peace because your mouth is out of control. Your tongue is dictating. Do you hear that word? Dictating. Dictating. It's, it's where we get the word dictionary. It's where we get the word diction. Dictating. It's where we get the word dictator because a dictator takes control over a whole nation of people with his tongue. And so when it's even where we get the word addiction because the addiction will tell you you need something when you don't need it and it's controlling you through the voice of an unclean spirit. And so when we when we use our tongue for the wrong things our body will follow suit and when we use our tongue for the right things our body will follow suit and when you receive the Holy Ghost your mouth will give praise to God as the Spirit gives the utterance and it will be an unknown tongue to you. It happened every time they received the Holy Ghost in the book of Acts, they spoke with tongues. And and this is important to recognize because that is the ultimate yielding of our tongue to God. And our, our tongue, when we yield it to God, it's not just our tongue being yielded, but when our tongue is yielded, our body becomes yielded. And so we don't just speak with an unknown tongue, but after you've come into salvation, you won't just speak in unknown tongues, you'll speak in new tongues. Hallelujah. I don't talk the way I used to talk. I do not talk the way I used to talk. You can't listen. You can't use this mouth to issue both blessing and cursing. It's either going to be blessing or it's going to be cursing. And if you try to use it for both blessing and cursing, you're going to be a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. And, and you're wondering where the instability and where the insecurity. I'll tell you, what, you're talking out of both sides of your mouth. One side's talking blessing. The other side's talking cursing. The one's saying, how do you do? The other's saying, I, I hate their guts. You're, you're, you're using the mouth for, for blessing and cursing, and you can't do that. You need a baptism of the Holy Ghost. Well, you say, I've had the Holy Ghost. Well, then you need to talk in tongues again as the Spirit gives the utterance. Because when you do, it'll give you new tongues. And you won't speak with those old tongues of cursing, those old tongues of discord, those old tongues of of slander, those old tongues of self-defeat and negativity. Hallelujah. We we want a nativity scene, not a negativity scene. Amen. Amen. (laughs) You know, a nativity scene has Jesus in the middle of it all. A negativity scene removes Jesus from the picture altogether. And we want want to keep Jesus at the center of everything. And so our tongue is going to speak a language we've never learned when we receive the Holy Ghost. And the whole body is going to, to come into Come into order, and we're going to begin walking in the direction of the Lord. Praise God. And this Holy Ghost that lives inside of us, it's one thing to turn from your sin, that's repentance. It's another thing to have that sin removed from your record. And now that you've received the gift of the Holy Ghost, oh, friend, that's, that is the power from on high. And let me tell you what that Holy Ghost will do inside of us. John chapter 14 explains to us that the Holy Ghost will come. And this is what Jesus said. Jesus said the Holy Ghost is going to come in my name. He said, I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. That Holy Spirit is Jesus Christ. It's his spirit living inside of us. And this is what he said. He said when the Holy Spirit gets inside of you, he will bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have commanded you. Anything I've said to you, the Holy Spirit is going to bring it to your remembrance. And I'm telling you, we've experienced that. How many have experienced that in your walk with God? I've said stuff, I said stuff I didn't even know I knew. I've gone back and listened to some old sermons and thought, my goodness, I didn't even know I knew that. Thank God I listened to this sermon so I could write that note down because it came out of my mouth, but I didn't even, I didn't even remember registering the knowledge before, but it's because the Holy Ghost inside of me was bringing to my remembrance whatever Jesus has said, and that's what will happen. That's why when you pray before you open your Bible to begin Bible reading that's such a vitally important part when you begin to read your Bible having prayed over yourself and prayed over this Then the word of God will come to life to you And it will the words will dance off the page and it'll it will be a of word and it will speak to you with a fresh fire And this comes from the power of the Holy Ghost and ladies and gentlemen When people receive the Holy Ghost, they have revelation of the word The Holy Spirit will reveal God's word to us. Uh, Brother and Sister Enos had a lady in Germany who received the gift of the Holy Ghost. And she got the Holy Ghost on a Sunday. And by the next Sunday, uh, might have even been by that Wednesday, she came into church. And she said, I cannot put my Bible down. She said, I can't stop reading it. She said, I've been reading this, started the bread program, and I threw the whole bread program out the window. I just started reading it from start to finish, and she said, I'm already at the book of Judges. I think it was by Wednesday after she got the Holy Ghost on Sunday, and they said, well, sister, you know, uh, that's amazing. And they said, you know, that's remarkable that you've been able to do that. She said, "You, you don't understand. She said... Before I got the Holy Ghost, I was dyslexic and words would switch on me and turn upside down and all around and I, I couldn't make sense of them. But when I received the gift of the Holy Ghost, everything is in order. It's line upon line and it's precept upon precept. Hallelujah. I want you to know when the Holy Ghost gets inside of you, it's going to bring the Word of God to life for you, and He'll bring all things whatsoever you have learned. He'll bring it to your remembrance. Hallelujah. And and I want to to point something out to you about the uh, salvation of God because this is an important thing to understand. Salvation is not just a rescue it is a rescue but it's not just a rescue and it's important that we know that we're not just we're not just uh, brought up out of darkness he didn't say brought me out of darkness and planted me on a church pew that's not what he said he said brought me out of darkness into this marvelous light that I should show forth the praises hallelujah of God and so when we talk about salvation salvation is not only a rescue attempt, but salvation is the rich blessing of God that gives us power and authority. Hallelujah. Isaiah chapter 26 and verse 1. In that day shall this song be sung in the land of Judah. We have a strong city. Salvation will God appoint for walls and bulwarks. Salvation is my wall salvation is my bulwark this is a battle going on and salvation is my wall and salvation is my bulwark this message of repentance this message of being baptized in his name and taking on his identity this message of being filled with his spirit is my wall it is my bulwark hebrews chapter 2 and verse 9 but we see jesus who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor that he, by the grace of God, should taste death for every man. For it became him for whom are all things and by whom are all things in bringing many sons, that's us, unto glory. That's where he brought us. He brought us unto glory. Glory. Hallelujah. He brought us unto glory to make the captain of their salvation perfect through sufferings. I want you to know that Jesus Christ is the captain of our salvation. Again, military speak. We're in an army. We're in an army, the army of the Lord. Hallelujah. And Jesus is the captain and of our salvation and salvation is our wall and salvation is our bulwark and when you're speaking in tongues and being buried in his name and turning from your sin, you're doing more than having a life preserver thrown at you. You're walking in the power and the authority of Almighty God and I want you to know that you're trampling on serpents and you're trampling on the young lion, lion and you're trampling on the lion and you're trampling on the adder. You have power with God When you have salvation, glory to God. When I turn from my sin, I have I have liberty. There's deliverance that comes. I, I just want to tell you that when you read the word salvation in the Old Testament, this is how it's translated: Yeshua. That's it. And if you translate that into English, this is what it is: Jesus. Hallelujah. My grandfather was speaking to a rabbi once and he said, now, my friend, he said, can I just ask you, would it be permissible for me to replace the word in the Old Testament salvation? Could I just replace it with the word Jesus? Would that be sound? And the rabbi said. Well, technically, yes, he said, "Okay, I think I'll do that then. I'll just replace the word salvation with the word jesus and when he began to do it oh friend it begins to make something very special out of the scriptures when you understand that he is my salvation the lord is my light and my salvation the lord is my light and my jesus with joy shall you draw water out of the wells of salvation. With joy shall you draw water out of the wells of Jesus. Hallelujah. Salvation will God appoint for walls and bulwark. Jesus will God appoint for walls and bulwark. Hallelujah. And when you talk about that word salvation, it's Yeshua, and this is what it means. Deliverance, liberty, prosperity. That's what it means, liberty, deliverance, and prosperity. I want you to know when you repent of your sins, that's deliverance. When you're baptized in Jesus' name, that's liberty. And when you're filled with the Holy Ghost, that's prosperity. You're walking in, hallelujah, you're, this is, I'm not walking around with a life preserver on just hoping against hope that I can make it somehow. No, I'm walking in authority. I've got a new name. I don't live the way I used to live. I don't go where I used to go. I don't act the way I used to act. I don't even dress the way I used to dress. I don't think the way I used to think. I've got a new name on me. I've got the Holy Ghost inside of me in the army of the Lord I endure hardness as a good soldier because Jesus is the captain of my salvation praise God Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 3 how shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation hallelujah How shall, it's a rhetorical question. The apostle here is saying, you can't escape if you neglect. So great salvation. He is the only way of escape. He is the only way of deliverance. He is the only way of liberty. He is the only way into life everlasting. And Jesus is his name. When we repent of our sins, we walk away from a sinful lifestyle. Walk away from sinful baggage. My goodness. Again, I say, I cannot overstate the power of that moment. My great-grandfather, when he repented of his sins, he was so enthralled with this experience. He went to everybody he could and told them about, I repented of my sins. He was in Chicago. He was an, a Persian immigrant, and he was there in, in Chicago, and still today, there's a tremendous Assyrian population of people and he began to preach to the Assyrian young men in Chicago and while he preached to them he preached them a message of repentance that's what he preached all he knew was turn from your sin turn from your sin and they did and they just felt deliverance there's something about walking out of Egypt there's something about walking away from that habit Oh, friend, I want to tell you, when you repent and you walk away from that sin, that joy you feel, you're having the same joy the angels in heaven are experiencing. There is joy in heaven. And I'm going to tell you something, saints of God, when somebody takes that gigantic step out of their seat and walks this long path down to this altar to turn a life of sin over to God, We ought to be shouting and dancing and rejoicing over every sinner that repents. Listen, I know it's cold outside. I know it's raining outside. I know there were traffic jams on the way here, but we should not yawn when people are repenting of their sins. We should it should never get old to us. It should never become something that we've gotten used to. And oh uh, yeah, yeah, where are we gonna go? Hope skyline doesn't close too soon tonight. Does this one close at nine or does this one close at ten? We gotta get we gotta get with it. We've gotta understand. We're talking about eternity here. We're talking about eternity here. And you know one of the thing, one of the reasons some churches don't have revival is because they don't believe people are lost. My goodness, if you don't think people are lost in today's day and age, you are just simply blind, spiritually blind. Our world is so lost, they are so confused, they are so undone, and they need salvation. My great-grandfather was preaching this message of repentance, and it was such a burden that lifted off of him and over and off of the shoulders of every of one of those Assyrian young men. And he was telling everybody he could about it. He went to a friend, and when he got to the house, the friend was gone, the landlady let him in, it was a boarding house, and she said, well, your friend is gone, but you're welcome to sit here and wait for your friend to return, and he did. I mean, he sat there and waited, his leg was bouncing, he couldn't wait to talk to his friend about repentance. And he said to the landlady, he said, uh, can, I, can I ask you a question? Have you ever repented of your sins? And she said, oh, I have repented of my sins said really isn't it the most wonderful feeling she said almost he said almost she said if you repented that's wonderful but she said have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed Amen. and he basically said I have not so much as heard whether there be any Holy Ghost she said oh the Holy Ghost is being poured out this was only like two or three years after Azusa Street had first started in Los Angeles it had already spread to Chicago and my great-grandfather said tell me more about it she said you need to go down to the Pentecostal holiness church and see what God is doing and he went down to that Pentecostal holiness church and he walked in there and and he wrote in his book he said I was very disturbed by what I saw he said, it did not at all please me. I thought these people are so sacrilegious. They were running. They were falling out. They were, they were shouting. They were, some of, they were acting crazy. Some of them looked like they were in a trance. I couldn't wait to get out of there. And he said, and before I turned to walk out, the man next to me began to speak in the language of the Aramaic language. And he said, I looked at that man who was clearly a a Chicago native, and I thought, there's no way he knows the Aramaic language, but he speaks it like he learned it in school. And he said, I don't know what this is. I'm still disturbed, but this is real. He walked out, went back to the Persian mission and said to the young men that were followers of his and said, we need the Holy Ghost. That's all I'm going to tell you. We've got to pray and ask God to fill us with the Holy Ghost. He deliberately did not tell them they would speak with tongues because he wanted to know if that is in fact what would happen without any conditioning. One by one, as they prayed to be filled with the Holy Ghost, God filled them with the Holy Ghost, and yes, they spoke with tongues. He was the pastor of the mission, and he was the last one to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Every one of them got the Holy Ghost before he did. But when he got it, oh my goodness, did he get the Holy Ghost. And he said in his book, he said when, I was, when we were filled with the Holy Ghost, the Bible came to life to us. Stories we had heard all our lives started making sense. He said we saw the revelation of the mighty God in Christ. We saw the revelation of going down in Jesus' name. We saw the revelation of divine healing. He said, before we received the Holy Ghost, we believed two things. That God could work miracles and that God could use medicine. Those were the two things we believed. And when I read that, I thought, my goodness, that's what we believe now. That God can work miracles and God can use medicine. But he said, when they received the Holy Ghost, they received a revelation of divine healing. Hallelujah. Praise God. He said, a spirit of prayer got a hold of us. He said, we woke up in the morning praying and we walked to work praying, and we took lunch break and prayed, and we walked home praying, and we fell asleep praying, and we woke up at 3 and 4 in the morning speaking with tongues. He said our lives were consumed with prayer. Hallelujah. And, and this, this is what he spent the rest of his life doing. He, he spent the rest of his life, the first three hours of every morning, he spent in total individual communion with God. Wherever he was, he stayed in people's homes all over the nation, and they would wake up in their home to him tinkering on the piano, singing praise to God and speaking in tongues and praising God for the first three hours of every morning for the rest of his life. He was in love with the Lord. He was filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. Let me tell you something. There's a reason why Paul told Timothy, stir up the gift that is in you. You've got a gift inside of you. Don't you let that get old. Don't you let that become common to you. Don't you let that become something you could give or take, take or leave. Don't let people rob you of the joy of that gift don't let people's flaws rob you of the joy of that gift sometimes we can get busy even in the kingdom of God we can get busy and we can lose touch with the joy that comes from the salvation that God has poured upon us oh friend don't let it happen rejoice every day that he delivered you from your sins. Rejoice every day that he put his name on you and that he, listen, he didn't just give us his name. He let us give give him our name. That's Joel Urshan you see on that cross. That's you you see on that cross. He took your penalty. He took my penalty. He took what we had coming to us. When we see one another in glory, we will be seeing what he had coming to him. We ought to rejoice for the rest of our days. Hallelujah! Don't ever tell me you don't have a reason to praise the Lord. If you have walked away from your sins, you could dance for the rest of your life if you've been buried in his name freed from the record of your past mistakes and failures you've got a reason to shout until the Lord returns if you've been filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost you've got a reason to raise your head every day and put a smile on your face and say God is a good God hallelujah he blesses me he walks with me he lives with me I will bless his holy name. Hallelujah. Yeah, no, it's not just a life preserver, it's life everlasting. Hallelujah. It's it's turning from the sin that would take us to hell. It's being cleansed from the record of that sin and covered by the blood of the lamb, filled with his spirit. And let me tell you two more things. When we're baptized in his name, it puts us in him. It puts us in Him. When we say as many as have been baptized into Christ, and we don't say it, by the way, the Word of God says it, as many as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. When we put on Christ, we put on His innocence. We put on His blamelessness. We put on His joy. We put on His love for others. We put on His ability to overcome sin. Not only did he overcome sin for us, and there are those who teach a false grace that says that since Jesus did it for us, we don't have to do it. That's a false grace. They say you can live any way you want to live. His grace will cover it. That's a false grace. No, Jesus did it for us. Now we are able to fulfill the righteousness of the law. We're in without his substitutionary act of mercy, we were incapable of ever fulfilling the righteousness of the law. But in Christ, hallelujah, there is no condemnation. In Christ, we are new creatures. Old things are passed away. All things are become new. In Christ, we sit together in heavenly places. In Christ, we are complete in Him. Hallelujah, the promises of God in Him are yea and amen. All of that's in Christ. And that happens when we're baptized into Him. When he fills us with the Spirit, he brings all things to our remembrance. But that's not the only thing that happens when we're filled with the Holy Ghost. And this is very important. This is what the Scripture says. Now, if that Spirit that raised Christ from the dead, if it dwell in you, that Spirit will quicken your mortal body. Hallelujah. So not only does the Holy Ghost bring all things to our remembrance but the holy ghost ladies and gentlemen the holy ghost will quicken your mortal body it's the resurrection power it's the resurrection power glory to god when 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 i here I, i'm standing right here with this these keys these keys i'm not going to i'm not going to push this button But if I did push this button, you'd hear something going off and on in the parking lot. It's a panic button. It causes bells and whistles and alarms and lights and all sorts of activity. And you know why? Because the the creator of this key fob put a sensor inside this key fob. And the creator of that automobile put a sensor inside of that automobile. And the sensor in that automobile can receive communication from this key fob. And that's the way it works with the trumpet and the Holy Ghost. When the trump of God shall sound, there's a sensor in the trump of God that connects with the Holy Ghost in the mortal body of man. Hallelujah. And when that last trumpet sounds, these feet just won't stay on the ground. I'm going to rise with the Lord. I'm going to fly. Hallelujah. Goodbye, world. Goodbye. And even in the grave. Hallelujah. Even in the grave. Hallelujah. That spirit of God. just And listen, the word of God gives us a, a reference to this besides more in the book of Ezekiel. When Ezekiel's looking out over the valley of dry bones and he said, prophesied of the bones and prophesied to the wind and when those bones came together hallelujah and when the wind filled those bones those bones came back to life that's a picture of the resurrection of the body and i want you to know that when that last trumpet sounds praise god the mortal body of man will be quickened by the power of the holy ghost and that mortal body will take on immortality and that corruptible body will take on incorruption. It's the Holy Ghost, Hallelujah. and we have the earnest of that inheritance right now. That's why there are times where you just can't take it anymore. Hallelujah! You've seen it before. You just you just shake or quiver or something. You don't you don't know what to do about it. You just got to pull your head back. It's something you gotta you gotta move. Your mortal body has to move because there's something on the inside. Glory to God. It's the Holy Ghost. It's the Holy Ghost. It's the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Thank God for salvation. Thank God that when we ask what shall we do, there's an answer to that question. Hallelujah. And we've got to reach the people with the gospel of Jesus Christ. How many remember when you first received the gospel of Jesus Christ? Glory to God. Oh, let's lift our hands and thank Him for it right now. Let's lift our hands and thank him for it right now. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, for salvation. Thank you, Jesus, for salvation so full and so free. Thank you, Jesus, for salvation. Thank you, Lord, that you've given me the power to walk away from sin. Thank you, Lord, that you've washed me white as snow. Thank you, Lord, that you've cleansed me and made me whole. Thank you, Lord, that you've done it. I give you praise right now. Come on, let's, let's stand to our feet all across this building and praise God. Oh, there's a, there's a praise that we should have in our heart for the things of God. He has been good to us. He has been so good to us. Hallelujah. Lord, we praise you and we worship you. We magnify you. We glorify your holy name. We thank you, O God. Hallelujah. If you've never been baptized in Jesus' name, tonight would be a good night to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. If you've never been filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost, I want you to know God can fill you with the gift of the Holy Ghost. He can do it right now. If you've never repented of your sins, you could repent of your sins tonight in the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. I I was preaching in Ohio years ago. And, and I, I was, it was a district event and I was excited to preach. I had a message all prepared. It was a message I had preached several places. I had a lot of confidence that this message was going to resonate and we were going to have good church and man, we were just going to shout. And I mean, we were going to drop kick the devil and we were going to have a good Holy Ghost time. I couldn't wait. I could not wait. I was, I was pawing the ground ready to grab that pulpit and preach. And when I grabbed that pulpit, it was a message about the oneness of God, and I took that pulpit and I started preaching. And wow, that didn't go like I thought it would. I uh, I really kind of fell flat on my face. I I didn't uh, I didn't do well at all. I I mean, I felt honestly, I the people weren't with me. You know, there's 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 a brother Buller called it a double anointing. There's an anointing on the preacher, and then there's a double anointing on the congregation, and and when the congregation's responding, the preacher responds, and there's this, there's this, there's this powerful anointing that comes between both, and, and you can feel it build, and that wasn't happening that night. I was given everything I had, and you'd have thought that, you'd have thought the mic was turned off, and everybody had earplugs in, or something. I don't know. Maybe I, it was just a bad deal, and I, I crawled out of there. I was embarrassed. I thought this was, this was a waste of their time and money, and It just, my goodness, I walked away feeling like I had really failed. Ten years later, I walked onto the campus of Ohio State University to sit on a panel discussion. And the man that was hosting me welcomed me to the campus. And this is what he said. He said, do you remember preaching? He was a minister. He said, do you remember preaching at this particular event ten years ago? I stopped, looked at him. I said yes I remember and I thought I hope nobody else remembers but I definitely remember he said that was my first time in a Pentecostal service I said really? he said it was he said I walked in that night and I was an atheist he said but you preached on the oneness of God and I repented of my sins I had no idea you know, I felt the Lord kind of... I felt the Lord just... You know, He'll do this to me sometime. He'll just come down very softly and gently and just very carefully smack me. And I felt Him say, Hey, hey, is it all right with you if, if I just speak to people who need to hear my word and who may have been distracted by all the stuff that you would have enjoyed experiencing that night? Can I just do it my way? since I'm their God and I'm their creator and I'm their savior. Can I just do it my way? It was a lesson that I needed to learn because what matters, ladies and gentlemen, is when people repent of their sins and are baptized in his name, are filled with his spirit. That's where the power is. That's where the liberty is. That's where the deliverance is. That's where the prosperity is. That's where the authority is. It's in the salvation of the Most High God. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When mine enemies and my foes, even mine enemies, come upon me to eat up my flesh, they stumbled and fell. One thing have I desired of the Lord, and that will I seek after to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in His temple all the days of my life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, let's lift our hands to heaven right now. All across this house, let's lift our voices in praise unto God. I feel like somebody here needs to thank God for salvation. Thank him again for salvation. I don't know what stressful thing you have going on in your life, but I'm going to tell you, if you start praising God for salvation, every stressful thing will begin to pale in comparison to that. Come on, give him praise, God, that you brought me out of darkness that you planted my feet upon a rock, the rock of ages. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, that's it, that's it. Lift up that praise unto
1: God.
0: Lift up that praise unto God. Oh, come to the altar.
1: The Father's arms are open wide. Forgiveness was born.
0: I really, I think we need to take a moment. Because I, listen, I'm as, I'm as guilty as the next person. We get so caught up with life that we forget to say, thank God for saving me. We get so caught up in the stresses and the hustle and the bustle. We get so caught up in trying to solve problems that we forget to say, God, thank you for washing my sins away. I need some grateful people right now. I need some grateful people to to remember the pit from whence you were dug and just be grateful all over again that His blood washes white snow. Hallelujah. That His Spirit saves to the uttermost. Hallelujah. That the Lord your God is a healer and a redeemer. Hallelujah. That with His precious kindness, His tender mercies, Hallelujah. He saved you from Yourself, He saved you from outer darkness. He saved you from utter demise. Come on, that's it. Praise Him, Lord. I thank You. I thank You, Jesus. I thank You, Jesus. I thank You, Jesus. Ooh, I thank You, Jesus. Come on, let it let it be in you a well of living water, springing up into everlasting life.
1: Oh, what a save. And he wonderful. Oh, sing hallelujah. hallelujah Christ, Christ is, is risen, risen. Oh, oh, what a SAME! And hear oh, wonderful. wonderful sing high.
0: is at work right now. The Holy Ghost is at work right now. The Holy Ghost is at work. Oh,
1: what a Savior.
0: Hallelujah. Oh, what a savior.
1: (laughs) Thank you, Jesus. The Father's Father's arms 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 are open.
0: here tonight. There's no rush here tonight. The Holy Ghost is at work in this place. You feel free to seek after the Lord. If you need to go we understand. We understand God bless you in the name of Jesus but if you want to stay and entertain this presence of God, you feel free to do it in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Oh what a
1: Savior Isn't He wonderful Isn't He wonderful Sing hallelujah